Hello, fellow Robo Capitals. Hope you're well. Ray Dalio has just come out and revealed his new recession proof or even inflation proof portfolio. Kind of weird how those two go together. Let's go right over to this CNBC article and check it out. We'll see what Dalio is talking about here, and I'll let you know if I agree with him. So, headline Ray Dalio says to hold cash temporarily, but don't buy debt and bonds. Hmm. <laughs> you can you can already see that okay, let's let's go a little further because this seems like he's contradicting himself. If you're holding cash, why on earth would you not hold a bond called a T-bill for 1 month and get 5.5% on that cash? Hmm. Anyway, all right. I'm sure he'll get into that and explain himself. Three key talking points amid mounting concerns over rising interest rates and inflation levels. Bridgewater Associates founder Ray Dalio said he prefers cash. Again, here I, I think the the editor might not be under the, the editor might not understand what Ray's saying. I'm going to give Ray the benefit of the, of the doubt because he's worried about inflation and he wants to hold cash. This this makes no sense. But <laughs> let's keep reading here. The billionaire investor pointed out that when debt accounts for a substantial share of the economy. The situation tends to compound and accelerate. Dalio says the biggest mistake that most investors make is believing that markets that performed well are good investments. Well, I agree with him there for sure. And the opposite is true as well. So yes, believing that markets that performed well are good investments. I would call that recency bias, where you just take the last year or the last few months and you extrapolate that indefinitely into the future something that we human beings do all the time. But uh, like I said, the opposite is true, that believing that a market that has performed poorly is a bad investment. Not really. Not really. Sometimes you're catching a falling knife. That's true. But sometimes things are legitimately cheap, like we saw with oil when it was negative $38 a barrel back in 2020. Remember that? That That's that's cheap. <laughs> That's a good buy. Not just hindsight being 2020, but at the time, pretty obvious. Okay, moving on down the article here. Dalio says, I don't want to own debt, you know, bonds and those kinds of things. Thanks for being specific, Ray. Temporarily right now, cash I think is good and the interest rates are fine. I don't think it will be sustained that way. So I'm going to give Ray the benefit of the doubt here. I think the editor really doesn't understand what he's saying, or whomever is writing this story doesn't understand what Ray's saying. And they are I think they're taking quotes from him that they think explain his position when really, because he's taking different quotes out of context, it makes it seem like Dalio is contradicting himself. So Dalio's come, uh, comments come as yield on 30-year treasury climbs above 5%, while investors can get 4% on CDs and high-yield high savings. Yeah, and they can get 5.5% on a short-term treasury. Let's not forget that, a five or one-month T-bill. So he talked about rising debt. Okay, so I can see rising debt. So I think what Ray is saying here is he doesn't want to own the long end of the curve because with interest rates going up, there you're going to take a haircut on that. Now, I would argue that in the short term, interest rates will likely go down 
especially if you're looking at what the bond market is predicting right now. But I think he's talking about the long term. It's just the editor or the author of this article didn't specify. And he's leaving out a lot of context that matters a lot. So Ray is saying that I don't like the long end of the curve, but I like the front end of the curve as a cash equivalent. He's calling that cash. And you can tell he's calling that cash because he's talking about how he likes where interest rates are. So if he's just holding cash, he's not getting much of an interest rate. Therefore, I would assume that when he's talking about cash, he's talking about a cash equivalent called a T-bill. But when he's talking about bonds, he's talking about the long end of the curve. And it is true, uh, to, to be fair to the author, that technically, when you look at T-bills, they're called bills, and the middle of the curve is called notes, and the long end of the curve is called bonds. So they're using that term maybe more specifically than I would use that term by calling all treasuries themselves just bonds. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Getting back to the article, he said, we are at a turning point of acceleration. So now he's talking about the overall debt. But the real problem comes individuals or investors don't hold the bonds. Again, talk about the long end of the curve because it becomes a supply and demand. One man's debts, other man's assets. He says the supply demand imbalance isn't just the amount of new bonds, but it's an issue of do you choose to sell the bonds, he explained. So this is interesting. Something we talk about in the housing market all the time. It's not just how many homes are for sale right now. That's the supply demand imbalance, if you will but it's how many homes could be on the market in a month or six months. And what would that do to the supply? Because how many homes might be on the market in the future based on people's deciding to sell, but maybe they don't want to sell, but they have to. Or in this case, he's saying, okay, you're looking at the supply coming online by trying to figure out the deficits that the government is going to run into 2024. But you can't just look at the amount of new debt issuance. You've got to also look from the supply side, you also have to look at it from a standpoint of how many of these investors are going to be selling those bonds that they own because it becomes a hot potato. So when you include the amount of supply that's coming online because no investors want to hold bonds and you combine that with how much new debt issuance the government is selling, then this is a recipe for disaster at the long end of the curve as far as interest rates going up and prices going down. To be very clear, that's Ray's argument, not mine. I'm just explaining his his thought process here. So again, he's saying I like cash, and I think what he's what the author missed there 
is he's talking about the front the front end of the curve with bills. He likes bills. He doesn't like bonds. Doesn't like the long end of the curve. So then the question becomes, okay, do I agree with him? Obviously, with the front end of the curve, I, I think that's a no-brainer right now. Uh, you guys know with the model portfolio that I have in Rebel Capitalist Pro, it's very heavily weighted short-term T-bills, like 90% heavily weighted. And then the other 10%, I think, is gold. So agree with him there. As far as the long end of the curve, uh, long-term, I see his point. But short-term, I, I don't agree. Now, it is true that there is nothing cheap about a 10-year treasury right now or a 30-year treasury. You look at the interest rates and historically they're still low. Uh, and there's that inverse relationship between interest rates or the yield and the price. So if yields are lower than they usually are historically speaking, then the price is a lot higher. So I, I'm not saying that they're cheap, but if I had to place a bet as to where the 10-year and the 30-year will be in six months or nine months or so, I would probably say lower. And that's just due to the fact that we're going to likely have a recession. And if you believe we're going to have a recession, then you must also believe that there's a very high probability, regardless of what your take is on inflation or the BRICS currency or no one buying treasuries anymore, regardless, your short-term view, if you're just using common sense, should be if you believe that we're going to have a recession or a hard landing, that the long end of the curve is going to go down, even if it goes down temporarily. So if we're talking about, so long story short, front end of the curve, I totally agree with Dalio. Long end of the curve, I see what he's talking about longer term, but I don't know if I've got high conviction one way or the other. Shorter term though, I, I would disagree because I think the probability is the long end of the curve is lower in six to nine months, not higher. And then once we get out of that recession, let's say government's response or whatever, I think that what's, is what likely takes that longer and higher. And that's what steepens out the curve historically. But let's remember that the curve's inverted now. You guys all know that. But we have never had a steepener with the long rates going up. Never. So let's just assume that Ray Dalio is right. That would be the first time in history, at least the first time since we've been keeping track of this stuff. And that goes back to 1950. In other words, that's the first time since we've been keeping track of these things that the curve steepens out as a result of the long end going up. They call that a bear steepener. Every single time we've had the curve uninvert, if you will, it's because the front end comes down. And when the front end comes down, because the Fed drops rates due to a crisis or a hard landing, the long end might not come down as much as the front end, but it definitely comes down, even if longer term, it's still going to be inflationary. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and we'll see you on the next video.